So where, where you're going to stand out is you teaching what you teach in a way that you teach it, but also letting people experience your unique personality and how you do things. And so I think the, your content is going to be even more important than it, what it was before. But if you're giving value to people, they tell others, they want to follow you, they want to clap for you, they want to buy what you sell by the nature of the value that you're giving them. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all. And it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all. But there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Today's guest is the author of four books and a writer whose articles have been published in Forbes, Business Insider, Success, CNBC Make It, Travel and Leisure, Parents, Fortune, NBC, Condnas Traveler, CBS, Fox, and 80 other publications and magazines. Kamanzi Constable is a global traveler and digital nomad that has been to 85 countries and counting. Robert Noel chat with Kamanzi Constable about copywriting and the value of getting your story out there. He is now creating software to handle the hardest part of copywriting, the pitch. Kamanzi shares how he has designed the life that he wants and how he has built businesses to support travel and the opportunity to work from just about anywhere in the world. Kamanzi, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have this conversation. Just look forward to, I don't know, sharing experience and sharing the journey. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So typically we let our guests just share their own entrepreneurial journey and what's led them to what they're doing today. Yeah, I started my first business at 19 years old. I had an opportunity to start a vacation relief service for independent contractors in Wisconsin. So there's a lot of a variety of independent contractors that deliver bread or that deliver snacks. And since they're independent, the company does not give them somebody that would cover their territory while they go on vacation. And because these people are investing anywhere from 250000 to half a million into the franchise, they're just not going to trust anybody off the street or their cousin or whoever to cover their route. So I started a business where I would run their route so they could go on vacation. It was a great business, low overhead. I used their trucks, their equipment, their gas, all their stuff. All I had to do was just show up and run the route. That business grew to half a million dollars in the first year. By year two, I had to have five employees, and it was a great business. Um, However, at 19, I did not understand entrepreneurship. I didn't have any mentors. So that means I was just this 19-year-old kid making a lot of money, not understanding things like quarterly taxes and and, and paying for employees, this and that. And so I I really mismanaged the funds of the business. Um, I managed to limp through that business for 12 years. And by year 12, I was just tired of constantly always being in the business instead of actually running the business. If I knew what I knew now, that would have been a very successful million dollar business. 
because these independent contractors exist all over the United States. So I really could have built a, a million dollar business. Uh, but after 12 years, I sold it when I saw the opportunity to start an online business. I had been listening to podcasts all those years and hearing about making money from a laptop and selling information. And so in 2012, that's when I started my online business. And that online business has grown from starting with coaching and consulting to then doing consulting at corporations, to then doing writing for a lot of different magazines and publications, to now having a software company. So now it's just kind of evolved over the last 12 years. But the primary focus has been making money in a way that doesn't require my body and that is more scalable. Absolutely. So one of the things that we love to, to share about is designing the life that you want and then building the business to support it. And obviously you're traveling the world and, and living in different places in the world. And, and so you've designed and, and chosen a lifestyle um, based on what you've wanted. And so talk a little bit about that, that ability to design a life, design a lifestyle and build a business to support it. Yeah, as somebody who travels, I've been to 85 countries in my years. Wow. And one of the things that I really realized the difference between the United States and the rest of the world is it feels like in the U.S., people live to work, and in the rest of the world, they work to live. Um, so in the United States, we're all about hustling and work. You know, the first question somebody's going to ask you is, what do you do? Right? <laughs> and it's all about hustle, hustle, hustle. And I feel like at some point, you can just work to work and you're not really living your life. Like, so for me, um, I don't want my work or business or anything to be my entire life. I want to be able to actually enjoy the fruits of my labor. I want to see the world. I want to taste different food. I want to explore. I want to fully live life in a way that goes beyond work. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to ask themselves that question because they're not going to like the answer. Who are you outside of your work? Who are you outside of your business? And they're not going to like that answer. And so for me, it's important that the life part always comes first. Nice. It's so important. I mean, we are human beings first. And yeah, we're, we're here for a purpose, but you know, we, t- we need to take care of ourselves and enjoy the life that we're given in the, on our time on earth to, in order so that we can mm-hmm. be full and have the, the gifts to serve and impact the world. So you mentioned mentors that you didn't have any when you started your first company. How has that changed now as you've grown and and done you know multiple companies? Yeah, I see that there's value in talking and having a mentor who has done what you want to do. It's uh, ahead of you in the journey. So mentorship through either somebody, uh, somebody that you hire directly, which I've hired a lot of people over the years to help me in various parts of setting something up, but then also the overall picture. Um, I've also joined mastermind groups where there's other like-minded people kind of doing what you're doing. Uh, Some are ahead, some are where you're at, Um, bouncing ideas off of the community, learning. Um, But the mentorship, really having somebody guide me, whether it's a mastermind, whether it's somebody that I hire personally, or whether it's just a consultant that I bring in to help me with one aspect of what I'm doing, Having those mentors has really helped me leapfrog the pro- pro- process and not just get stuck in the minutia of how do I actually do this thing? Because they can just guide you through it. Yeah, absolutely. They can definitely, they can see the forest and the trees and, and 
you mentioned earlier that you were stuck inside the business even through the 12 years and and it's harder to to see get that outside perspective that a coach or a mentor can bring both in your personal growth and in the business growth definitely yeah, I mean, you've talked about writing for publications um, and what you're doing in, in your newest venture. What does that look like? Yeah, so I have columns. I've written for over 100 publications now in the last uh, five years. Um, and I've seen the value in writing for places like Forbes or Business Insider or Time or, you know, any one of the fast company or any of the fortune, any one of these publications that you can name. For me as an entrepreneur, it's brought me clients. It's helped me sell courses. It's helped me sell, as an author, it's helped me sell books. It's brought me speaking and consulting gigs all organically just by publishing articles in places that are viewed by millions of people each month. Also, the brand credibility, if somebody wants to know, is this somebody I want to work with? Is this somebody I want to do business with, connect with? They can just Google my name and what's going to pop up is going to be, you know, hundreds of publications. And that's just going to do all the talking for me because the first thing most people do is Google somebody else. Um, so over the years, the last five years, it's been great for my business, but also each of these publications will pay you for articles. So it's also been a great revenue stream because I've had so many people ask me, well, how do you do it? I've had different variations of, I've had a course, I have a mastermind, but the hardest part of this process is actually doing the pitching. People don't like to pitch. They especially, they especially don't like to cold pitch. So I, uh, teamed up with a uh, partner who is a software person. And we developed a software called PR Pitches that actually does all the pitching for somebody. You log in, you pop in your information and the software automatically sends out the pitches, does the follow-ups. There's a built-in database of 3 million contacts so you don't have to go searching for the right contact. Um, it does the hardest part of this that people don't want to do. Wow. Oh, that's a, yeah, a great, <laughs> great avenue. So, so what, what pushed you to do the, the switch from writing to a software as a service? Um, I think the software is infinitely more scalable than the writing would be. I love the writing, but I can only write, you know, X number of articles in every week. The software is something that could really scale beyond myself needing direct involvement. And I, and also the software plugs a need in the market that I feel like does not exist right now. Um, I haven't seen anything that quite does what this software would do. And so for people that want PR or they want to get booked on podcast or they want to book paid speaking gig, this software does all the work for you without you needing to spend $10,000 on an agency or signing up somewhere. Wow. Which takes manpower. Yeah. And how soon is your software launching? Uh, It's going to launch later this week. Wow. Nice. Congratulations. That's pretty exciting. So obviously you, you've traveled significantly. What what was your favorite place to, to visit or, or what's what's your favorite? You mentioned food, I guess. Maybe maybe share uh, your favorite foods <laughs> from places. Yeah, um, some I, I really like Tokyo uh, because I feel like it's Japan is just a futuristic country and Tokyo is a futuristic city. They're living in the future. Um, I love the food there, the curries there, the the seafood there is just absolutely amazing. Um, I like London. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of food that's closer to, to what we know. It's very walkable. I like cities that are walkable. I like Madrid because um, I like Spanish culture. I like that they have some of the best restaurants in the world, the best sangria. 
Um, again, very walkable city um, to visit. I like New York City because I feel like it's the world city. I wouldn't want to ever live there. <laughs> right. But to visit for a short period of time, I really like, like New York. I like Israel um, because Tel Aviv is modern. Jerusalem is kind of old school. The old city is there. You can see places that are all the way from times in the Bible and, and the kings and, and the pharaohs and all that. Like So it's like there's so much history there. The weather is great. The food's great. The people are friendly. There's a little bit of action there. Um, but it's it's a great place to visit and learn from. And and how has world travel changed you as a as a person as an entrepreneur? I think it's made me more patient and more understanding because cultures outside the United States don't move at the pace that we like to move in the United States. The way of life is a little bit of slower. It just needs more patience. Um, things are are run a little bit differently. So I've definitely learned to be more of a, a patient person. Um, I've seen, as far as entrepreneurship goes, I've seen that there's just opportunities all over the world. Um, and if you have a online business, you can do that anywhere as long as you got a computer and access to the internet. So that part has been really amazing. But I've seen like worldwide entrepreneurship is really how a lot of people survive, like especially in developing countries like Colombia or any place in South America. You know, there's not access to jobs like there is in the United States. So you have no choice but to be an entrepreneur. And that entrepreneurship might not look like the laptop lifestyle, you know, might be somebody that's a street performer or that has a little store that's selling this and that. Um, it, it might be some kind of hustle that way. I see that entrepreneurship is really the only way for people to, to survive in developing countries. So it's definitely given me appreciation for what I'm able to do. That's one of the things that, that I'm a firm believer in having traveled not quite as extensively as you, but having seen poverty and having seen um, the, the challenges in the world, even here in the United States. And I believe poverty is the biggest issue affecting the world. And I think the, the number one solution is entrepreneurship and empowering people to start their own businesses. And like you said, from the level of street performer to, to the person on the corner with a little cardboard box full of gum and cigarettes, you know, every, every one of those is a business that they're trying to make enough money to buy their dinner on their way home. And, and anytime that we can empower people. And I think even the entrepreneurs in the United States that are building businesses are the ones that can have the biggest impact because they can respond to some of these world crises and support them because they're able to generate revenue that supports these kinds of ventures around the world. So love that. So what inspired you to, to stop in Medellin? Um, I, I've come here for the last eight years on and off. Um, and I really like the culture here. I wanted to learn Spanish, be fluent in Spanish. Um, and this is the Spanish that's probably closest to Castilian Spanish in Spain. Um, so I thought, why not come here? This could be the place that I could learn. I could also take advantage of the cheaper cost of living because you can live incredibly well here on less than $1,500 a month. Um, I have a cook, a cleaner, I get massages. I have a boxing trainer that comes to train me. Um, so I've set up my life to where I have everything that I need and I could do it very, very affordably. So it just made a lot of sense to me. And it's close enough to the United States, you know, that there's direct flights to Miami and Orlando and stuff like that. So you can get back and forth pretty easily uh, for a cheap price. And it's beautiful. <laughs> and it's beautiful, yeah. The weather's great. The food's uh, good. The people are friendly. And there's a lot to explore. 
Yeah, we yeah. we loved Columbia for uh, raised our family there for ten years. So <laughs> loved uh, my my kids were always in Bogota, but we I traveled to you Medellin, to Bucaramanga, Barranquilla, you know, quite a quite a few. I would say one of the things cities. that we enjoyed was we were able to take family trips to um, Barranquilla, Santa Martha, and Santa Martha. Barranquilla to scuba dive for a week for under a grand a piece. Now this was fifteen years ago. But a thousand dollars for the whole family to go on vacation. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, which is I, I wild. Just, it's unheard yeah. of. Yeah, I don't think you can park in Disneyland for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Not without staying in their hotel, which costs another. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we love the. I used to call it the backdoor vacations. So you go in and you see the places that are popular, but but without going through the tourist hotel or the tourist guide program and all of the touristy things that especially being able to speak Spanish gives you more opportunities to enjoy the culture and experience things um, differently than the way a tourist would experience it. So Kamanzi, what inspires you? Um, I, I think that there, what inspires me is the opportunity to be better. Um, the opportunity to make an impact, to serve, to help, and that um, for me, Percy, that I do have platforms where I can reach people and I can help them or I can help get their message out. Because like a lot of the writing that I do now is not about myself or my travels or anything like that. It's about other people. So it's about other entrepreneurs doing interesting things, parents that have unique stories about how they're parenting, um, stories of underrepresented people that are going through things and that need a voice. So having these channels to where I can help other people get their message out to, to help them live a better life is inspiring that I get to wake up every day and that I get to do this. Um, it's meeting new people. So I meet a lot of new people almost every day now with what I do, especially on the journalism side of things. So it's meeting people, hearing their stories, getting inspired by those stories. But really, it's just the, this idea of being able to create a greater impact and to be a better person and to put my little imprint into the world. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Obviously, your I think your impact is is pretty incredible. And so how did you develop your, your confidence and in, in your growth as an entrepreneur? Um, I think it probably went back to when I was like 14, 15, and I grew up in like a church environment. And one of the things that they made us do as young men is they made us go out there and street preach. Um, so we would go in, in the inner city of Milwaukee, we'd go to the colleges down there. And when you're 14, 15, telling them about God, and then these college kids are saying everything under the sun back to you. You really have to learn to develop thick skin. <laughs> you really, and then you also really have to, you develop the confidence of doing this in public. And so I think that's probably where it started. And then along the way, realizing like, there's really nothing to fear. The worst somebody could say is no. So if I'm going to pitch an editor, the worst they could say is no. If I'm going to talk to a potential client, the worst that they could say is no. Right. So it's, understanding that if you don't ask the answer is always going to be no and you really you really have to swing if you want to accomplish your goals so what what what's the the pitch you're the proudest of um well i, I have a, a column where i write about things that affect families um real things that affect families in the united states so i think i'm uh proud that i pitched that column and it was accepted 
Um, uh, I, I like writing about remote work and digital nomadism and the opportunity to live your life and build a business from all over the world. So like the article that I wrote for um, Fortune about that, I'm really, I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of the stories, stories that I share often on Business Insider that are about unique businesses and people doing things you would have never thought of. And these things that are quite duplicatable, like, you know, if you got a backyard, if you got a backyard, you can rent out your backyard and turn into a dog park with your sniff spot, which is kind of like an Airbnb, Airbnb service for dog owners. And the dog owners are responsible for cleanup, you know, something like that. People wouldn't know of people that rent out their boats and boat setter and in, in, in places where they have boats. And so just unique businesses that people haven't thought of that they could do. Uh, that's Those are interesting. Yeah. Intriguing. And speaking, I think my brother-in-law used us as to bring his dogs and use our backyard as a dog park. Pretty much. He showed up for 30 minutes and just ran his dogs in our yard. And then he left and was back on his way to Phoenix. I'm like, wait a he minute. He said he was coming to see us, but I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, you should have charged him by the hour for that. I'm, okay. I'm telling you. So obviously the writing is, has been a, a, a big business development, but you're also supporting other entrepreneurs. So let's talk about making connections with entrepreneurs and, and other people and how valuable is connection in, in developing your stories in, and in developing your business. I think the right connections are incredibly valuable. I think we have the opportunity to connect with a lot of people these days. You just have to have some wisdom and who should you connect with and who's just going to waste your time. <laughs> um, and as somebody who constantly have, has people approaching me, to write about them and their business. Um, and then these stories have to be verified. Like the, the revenue has to be verified. The claims have to be verified. And I could tell you a lot of situations fall apart in verification because what you see is not often what you get. So I think it's, it's trusting your inner voice to say, this is, you know, this could be a good connection. This could not be a good connection. I think you have to also be wise with your time because you could spend your whole day connecting with all kinds of other people, but those wise connections, that you can just feel that this is what you should be doing and taking X period of time each week to do that could be valuable. Like I would have never met my business partner for the software business if it wasn't for a friendship and a connection with another entrepreneur. That's how that relationship was developed. Um, or sources for articles, people to write about, or somebody that might've known somebody that was at a publication and kind of gave me a recommendation. My very first corporate consulting contract at Morgan Stanley came through one of uh, some, somebody that I had built a relationship and a connection with. So those things can be incredibly valuable. You just have to be very wise about it. We will be right back after this short break. Are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind? We understand how frustrating that can be. That's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. I mean, I hear you talking about your character and how you're you're true to who you are. 
how how important is authenticity and character in uh, entrepreneurship? I think it's incredibly important. You should be who you are, however that looks like. It's very disappointing when you think somebody is going to be something and then you meet them and there's something else, which can happen often um, in life. And I think that's incredibly disappointing. We've seen top leaders, like people that are top leaders that we respected, and then their true character came out and it was just, it, you know, they blew up their whole business over that. So I, I think authenticity is important, at least more than anything, not for the outside world, but for yourself to live in integrity. Um, because when you're not living integrity, it's it's only a matter of time. Well, you even mentioned people that are approaching you to, to write articles about their business and about them. And I always talk about the Facebook um, business professional who's gone out and rented an Airbnb and rented a, a sports car. And they spend the weekend taking photos, pretending like it's their house or their car, and then using that as their you know media profile. <laughs> um so authenticity is 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 kind of lost in some of this social media. But how do you help your clients see the value of just being your authentic self and putting your own story out there? Yeah, I, I tried to tell them that the truth tends to come out, especially in an internet world where people have access to information. It's not worth it. It's also not worth it to use, um, let's call it money marketing, where people talk about how much they made or say a number that they made in order to attract other people as clients. If somebody wants to do business with you just because you've made X number of dollars, nine times out of 10, that's not going to be a great situation for you because they're probably desperate um, and they're looking or they're, they want to get to that place without taking all the hundred steps to get there. So I try to tell them it's, it's really not worth it to use like money marketing. Um, and even with sharing your lifestyle, I don't share as much of my lifestyle anymore because there's been incidents over the years where people will just show up, <laughs> yeah, track you down, like stuff like that. So like you really, when it comes to security, especially if you have a family, you have to be incredibly careful. So be your authentic self, share your values and what you think. Don't be afraid of what other people are going to say, but also be wise as far as what you reveal personally. And if you can at all possible, like it's just not worth it to talk about money. Yeah. Amen. Well, and, and it's so much better to, to share the stories that are real and we've got plenty of them. Well, yeah. Most people obviously have great experiences and they just don't realize the value in those experiences um, for the right audience and for the audience that they're, they're seeking to serve. So you've had a lot of success in life. What's your biggest challenge? Uh, probably time and time management because there is a lot of irons in the fire besides business. I take Spanish class every day. I have a trainer where I'm working on my health. Um, even though I have hired professionals, it's still, it's still time management. Uh, I've, I have team members, of course, um, and they can only, there's, only, there's only so much they can do. So for me, it's managing my time in a way that I'm getting things done, but also not burning out. Um, I think that's probably the, the biggest challenge. And then also just being far away from my kids. Uh, my kids are older. They're uh, 20, 22, and 23. They're all in college. They're all living their lives and they're dating people and they're, you know, they're having those, I guess, grown up experiences. And it's kind of funny because by the time I, I was married the day after I turned 18. So them being 20, you know, like um, they're, they're at the age now where I was already an adult. So it's just kind of a, a weird situation where I'm 
remember them being babies and now they're big. Now they're making adult decisions and I want to kind of step in, but you know, I can't because they're adults and they need to make those decisions. So kind of being away from them and not really being in the mix um, is hard. But every time I visit them and visit Wisconsin, you know, they, they still even there only have so much time for me. Yeah. Right. But um, I work with women mostly, but a lot of times we talk about moving from the enforcer to the influencer role and how hard that is for us adults to make that transition um, because we want to be involved. We want them to make the right decisions, but we can't, like you said, we can't do it for them. We cannot. Otherwise they're, they're going to be spoiled and they're not really, that's not really how life works anyways. Right. You want them to make, grow up and be, be adults. That's what we've raised them for. Well, I read an article in one of those magazines that talked about the number of men between the age of 20 and 30 that are still sitting on couches playing video games and not contributing. Um, so we definitely don't want our children to, to, to take that on as, a, as an option. Um, need them in the workforce and, and need them hopefully being entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship is, is the greatest opportunity to, to, to leave a big impact. Amen. <laughs> So what would, what would you say your, your niche is? I know now it's shifting because I know in writing, it's kind of entrepreneurs. Is there a particular type of entrepreneur? But in your software as a service now, is it are you still targeting entrepreneurs? Who's, who's your ideal target for your, your uh, pitching software? Yeah, so as a journalist, um, the things that I write about are really entrepreneurship success stories no matter what that looks like, you know? And when I say success stories, I don't mean you have, have to have made a million dollars. I write about people that make a thousand dollars doing something interesting. Um, so it's really entrepreneurship success stories of all kinds. For the software, really the target for the software probably would be entrepreneurs because it helps you get PR, it helps you get booked on podcasts and it helps you book paid speaking gigs, which are things that probably an entrepreneur would be doing. So that's, probably who would be the ideal person for this, somebody who has some things going on in their business and they just kind of want to put lighter fluid on it by getting in the media more or maybe get on podcasts or maybe, you know, there's a, there's a whole world of people that are like, I just want to be a speaker and I want to speak on stages all over the world. Um, so that's, that's who the software really would be ideal for. Nice. Well, and speaking ultimately is entrepreneurship because they're getting paid to speak. And so it's a business or certainly a stream, stream of income. Absolutely. <coughs> All right. So now you travel a lot. We talked about food. What about play and fun? How important is play and fun in, in your life and business? Yeah, I think it's incredibly important because at some point you're going to burn out. Your life is just going to become your work and that's not really a good life to live. So I think there's some power down time. Like myself, I like, I love watching movies so every new movie that would come out from your Ant-Man to your John Wick 4 or whatever, I'm going to go watch it in the theaters. Every one of them. Um, whether it's good or not so good, I don't care. I just love the experience of going to movie theaters. Um, I think that's pretty cool. So I definitely do that. I do a lot of, as you all know now, weekend trips. Like here in Columbia, I went to San Andreas Island. I don't know if you all have went there. Yeah. yeah so that was a beautiful experience. Um, went spent the weekend in Bogota watching a friend of mine who does MMA fighting, watch him fight. <laughs> he won. <laughs> but that was interesting to watch, not just him, but even all the, the men and other women that were fighting. That was a, that was pretty interesting. Experience. I don't want to mess with any of those people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so going to Bogota, seeing the bigger city, 
um, going to all you know the, all the parts of here, Cartagena, the coffee region, stuff like that. Going to Panama, as you just to get my American fix <laughs> and get all my Taco Bell and 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 also like you know like I bought a new Apple. Uh, iPhone and stuff like that, that is more cheaper in a place like Panama than it would be in Colombia. Um, and that, you know, Panama is a pretty American city, like use the dollar, a lot of English is spoken. So I was able to get my American fix going there, stuff like that. Yeah, you, you, you switch up those experiences because you get a lot of uh, the Latin American culture in, in Colombia and the different uh, places to visit there, but you can go in, get some of the history, you can go and get some of the, the tourism and you know, and then you go to other states, other countries, it's a little bit different than going to another state here because you do get a different experience. You've got different culture, different restaurants and different pricing because you do, and you do have the opportunity to, to price things out and get the, the best deal when, in different places. Well, we identify with the movie thing because for us, having lived in, in Colombia for as long as we did, the movie theater was the one place that just felt like home. You know, the the sodas are the, the sodas were the same. You get a big giant soda, big cup of popcorn, and the only difference was the subtitles across the bottom of the movie. Although now they translate a lot of movies, and so you had to choose. You know, make sure you got the English version with subtitles, so you could feel like you were at home. Uh, but movies were movies were always a little refuge. Yeah, here in Medellin, all the movies are actually in English, and they have Spanish subtitles. Yeah, it was Disney that was doing all the movies in Spanish and messing with us. Because <laughs> we were, yeah, we were there when our kids were birthed to about ten years old. So we, those kids going to kids movies that we got messed up sometimes, but the kids didn't <laughs> mind. So, so talk to us a little bit about the power of a dream, or the or the power of having a vision for something more. Yeah, if you don't have a vision or a dream or somewhere where you're going to, you're just not going to get there. Um, I think as humans we do things because that's what we think we should do to accomplish our goal we don't have clarity on where this is going so i feel like you have to have that vision it has to be more than making money um, because if you want to make money you can make money um, but the vision has to be more than money it has to be greater than it has to be something that wakes you up every day and drives you even on the days you don't feel like doing it um, and there's going to be a lot of those days and the vision, the why, the dream, that's what's going to get you up. That's what's going to keep you going. Um, and that's greater than money. It's, you know, the freedom, living that free life in every sense of the word of freedom is like an incredible vision to have. And it will push you forward. Now, for your own journey, how, how have routines served you? Uh, routines definitely help. It helps kind of manage the chaos. Um, helps you get more done in an efficient way. You're not just kind of shooting from the hip. I like having a routine of when I'm going to go to Spanish class and when I'm going to have a trainer and then for what hours I'm going to work. And then after those work hours, who I'm going to hang out with like friend wise and, and then things that I'm going to do that are just everyday life stuff. Um, and it's created a life that I really wake up and I enjoy getting to do what I get to do. Absolutely. So how has gratitude helped you in, in your own growth? Yeah, I think for, if I am not grateful for the things and opportunities that I have and the opportunities to learn from life, I really don't appreciate achieving success. Um, and so I'm grateful for everything, even the things that don't really go the way that I want them to go. 
because there are lessons in there. And then I'm grateful that I get to do this thing from all over the world, that I get to talk to the people that I get to talk to and, and build the kind of life that I'm living. Um, I'm incredibly grateful. And that, that, that's, a part, that's a part of the happiness equation for me. So tell me a little bit more about this happiness equation. Yeah, I mean, well, um, we can choose to be happy or we can choose not to be happy. <laughs> you know, you can have a lot of money and not be happy. You could have very little money and you could be happy. It's a choice that you make. You decide, I do want to be happy and I'm being grateful is a part of that equation, doing the work to become a better human being and accomplish your goals. I feel like that also contributes towards your happiness, helping others. That also contributes towards your happiness. Um, but ultimately, it starts with, a, starts with a decision that you make. Well, and I think the decision is 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 really followed up by the recognition that you get to choose, right? And and taking responsibility, um, I call it defining success, right? What what is your definition of success? Because for some it might be money, for some it might be a big house. In your case, it's the ability to travel and and the freedom to to run your business from pretty much anywhere in the world, and and those are choices that that you make. But you get to define the success which in turn helps you define, you know, what does happiness look like for you? Amen. I definitely agree. <laughs> so powerful. So let's talk about building your audience. Now, obviously you have a, an audience through your contributions, but you also have a, an audience on social, social media. What, what have been the most effective things to, to build your audience to, to show people what you're doing? Uh, I think it, it starts with good content. So if you're an entrepreneur that does something or teaches something, you need to have content that uh, adds value to that audience and makes them want to follow you. Um, because now in a world with the, where we have access to chat GPT and AI and things like that, a lot of people are going to really start to sound the same. They're going <laughs> to be posting the same stuff. The AI is going to give them the same prompts. You're going to just see a lot of the same. So where, it, where you're going to stand out is you teaching what you teach in a way that you teach it, but also letting people experience your unique personality and how you do things. And so I think the, your content is going to be even more important than it, what it was before. But if you're giving value to people, they tell others, they want to follow you. They want to collab for you. They want to buy what you sell by the nature of the value that you're giving them. So I think content is a great way to build an audience. I think consistency is also important. Um, a lot of people are hot and cold. You see them for one time and they're just, and then all of a sudden they disappear and you don't see it. So I think consistently showing up, you know, whether that's even just once a week, twice a week, I think the consistency of you being there makes them also want to follow you and pay attention to what you do. So I think you need great content. I think you need consistency. And I think that you need to um, be disciplined with it. So whether that's, you know, put it in some sort of, some sort of system that tracks when you're going to post, how you're going to post, um, whether that's hiring somebody to help you with scheduling and the posting, but you need some sort of system to where you are going to be able to do this consistently. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Consistency and, and the discipline um, it, in a lot of these things like content and and even building an audience, it, it's a long game. Like there's there's very few shortcuts, although everybody's Facebook ads would try to convince you otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we talked a little bit about about gratitude and obviously now you're you're in Colombia. Contribution for us has always been a big part of, 
of our business and, and growing others. And you mentioned, you know, that you have a cook and you have a trainer and you have someone training you in Spanish. So you're contributing to you know, the local economy. What other ways has contribution served you in, in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I think giving back is important. So whether that's been the times that I've donated, whether that's been a time, like you said, where I am in the country and I do hire um, professionals in that country or do hire services, um, that has definitely helped. Whether that's giving my time where I offer scholarships and as far as training in what I do and giving back, I've done that a lot over the years um, or done things publicly. Like let's say somebody wants a free coaching session, but then I'll do it publicly so that others can benefit from it. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, every time you you can give back, I think it helps you. Um, I think that it helps the world in general, and I think we need more of that. Hmm. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> you've talked a little bit about it, I think, but explain to us what your big dream is. Um, my big dream is freedom. So financial freedom, um, to where I am creating generational wealth, um, freedom, and where I'm the healthiest version of me in my body and my mind. And I'm, you know, jumping rope and jumping over houses and whatever. Like I'm able to do the, the physical activities that I want to do even as I grow older. Um, freedom to travel and to go where I want to go and not have to worry about, you know, the cost and, and, and things like that. But for me, the, the big dream is, is to create freedom in every area of my life. It's to guide my children to what their best life is going to be and just kind of be there, um, not only answering questions, but also them seeing it through example. Um, and then it's being able to help. I kind of always have uh, a vision to help like the quote unquote little guy, so to speak. You know, because I was little, I didn't have a connection to any big influencer or connection to anybody that helped me leapfrog to where I am. I've done it all through cold pitching and hard work. So I always have like a soft spot for the little guy, if you will. So that's why I'm always uh, writing about them. And then hopefully, you know, the software will give them a leg up to be able to reach opportunities that they couldn't reach on their own. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to seeing how that works and the helping others get gigs that they couldn't get otherwise it's gonna be awesome absolutely well we end every episode with our guests sharing their words of wisdom to our entrepreneurial audience so kamanzi what would be your words of wisdom to those listening yeah it would be to figure out what your best life is and to put in the work to accomplish that best life um and your best life is the relationships it's the places you get to see it's the money that you make it's the people that you impact but figuring out what is your best life because if you're not clear then you're just going to kind of be doing things that you think you should be doing versus things that are you're intentionally doing to get to the place that you really want to go in your life and i think it's important to figure out what that means for you so as parents we have to figure that out outside of our children because our mindset is always our children first but you're still a human being as a parent. So what is it that you really want in a relationship? There's things you do together. You're building an empire together, but still not losing that individualism of who you are um, and, and, you know, kind of being a strong person that way, um, but not letting the outside world and the outside influences tell you who you should be. It's you figuring out what you want to do. And then you doing that thing unapologetically. Oh, so good. Um, 
We appreciate you joining us today, Kamanzi. It's been great getting to know you and hear your story. Thanks for having me on, Robert and Noel. It's been, it's been great to be here. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most so that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do, like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Laban and I have a great conversation about dealing with addiction, negative self-talk, and how basically reshaping his thought life, things going on between his ears, changed his entire destiny.